0: We're back. Ed Cunningham is back with us again. Now, if you don't remember him from our last episode where we talked about all the wonders and benefits of reading, he is the host of A Need to Read, which is a podcast all about honest and engaging book reviews. So firstly, welcome back, Ed. Happy to have you again. Thank you very much, Dan. Happy to be here. Um, So this episode, we want to talk a little bit more about mental health. Now, obviously... Worth saying, the responsible disclaimer, if you're struggling with mental health yourself, do speak to an expert. Neither myself nor Ed would technically qualify as experts. We are people that speak from personal experiences and what's right for us can be what's wrong for someone else, who knows? So everyone has their own personal journey with it. But Ed, we're here to hear a little bit more about your story. So how did you start caring about your mental health? What was the trigger?
1: Uh, So I was forced into it, like many people, I think. I was just going through my life not really paying much attention to my levels of fulfilment, happiness. When I was feeling mediocre, how did that make me feel? I I never paid any attention to that, I was just sort of going on with life. And I was working in a job that I ended up hating when I just started having loads of panic attacks in the office, uh, which was weird for me because anxiety was also quite a a scary thing. Um, Got to the point where I was super, super depressed, super low kept like being borderline breathless at, at work for next to no reason. And I was like, well, I I should probably start paying attention to this because I I don't know what's actually happening, but I know it's making me severely unhappy. Um so it was at that point I'd like just about opened up to an ex girlfriend and, and she'd suggested therapy. Um I've been reading books for quite a long time. So I was trying to I was trying to read my way to understanding what was going on but for the like the biggest thing was going to therapy and having someone being like yeah like what you're feeling is valid
0: that's like the trigger point right so that's the start and i can relate to a, a lot of that as well a lot of my experiences with anxiety were really similar to you actually the loss of breath struggling to catch my breath is really like the best best sort of metaphysical description i could give like all well, my breaths seemed really short it's not that i couldn't breathe it's like i couldn't really do a deep breath at all so I completely relate to that. It's quite stressful, obviously, because you know, breathing is yeah, something great. people tell you to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They tell you to like, breathe deeply. And you're like, that's kind of the problem. I'm struggling to do that. It's like, if only. Yeah, exactly. Talk to us a little bit about your opinion then on the stigma, particularly surrounding men's mental health. You know, we started talking about that last episode. You know, how comfortable do you feel when you talk about mental health publicly now, even versus when you first started doing that?
1: When I first started, it just brought up the exact feelings that I would be describing at the time. So, like I was, I was getting anxious. Um, but I, not that I consider myself to be an incredible voice on this or someone that's that important, I was like, well, like, I'm, why shouldn't I share my experiences with this? Why shouldn't I see if someone else might feel like this and and feel maybe a little bit more normal, said loosely. By hearing my experiences with it and obviously as time has gone on, the more and more I've shared and the more sort of vulnerable I've been on the internet, the more people have been like, oh, I feel like that. Oh, wow. I've never heard anyone speak about it in the way that you have. And and that's exactly how I think. So as soon as you get a taste of that, it's hard to not be like, okay, well, I, I have to talk about this now because this is actually positively influencing people or impacting them in the right way. And I talk about therapy a lot and, and push people towards therapy as much as I can because I think it's so important. I don't think there necessarily is that much of a, a stigma now in general. I think everyone's kind of aware of of like mental health and like going to therapy. It's just the little nuances in conversations where I think people's behaviour could kind of be a little bit more accepting. Actually I guess that means that there is still still stigma. Oh,
0: there's definitely still stigma. As I would do, you know, trying to go from you know, anonymity to getting comfortable with social and doing social media and stuff. You know, I have a few trolls. I have one who specifically has a real issue with me talking about going to therapy. You know, as well as I do, that this is the type of person who needs it yeah. so much and is just lashing out, but it's it's all masked under a pillar of, of stoicism and kindness, which is, you know, I'm being kind to you yeah. for teaching you that you need to be straight and not like tough enough and not so fragile, you need therapy. And it's like, therapy isn't about being fragile. It's about being open-minded having conversations with yourself.
1: Yeah, I've done like manly things in my life. Like I was in the Marines when I was younger. Like I do jujitsu all the time and like, get beaten up by black belts. And none of that has ever been as hard as some of the things I've had to say in therapy, just stuff that I've like I've never said. I've been on the edge of saying it for years, scared to do so. And then you face your fears in a therapy session. And you, like you feel like you can conquer the world after that because I think talking about how you feel is probably one of the most difficult things you can do which is why you need to practice it as much as possible
0: Also the other side that doesn't get talked about a whole lot which is you know what is or isn't appropriate anyway um at what level to dump on other people that's why therapy is good because you're actually paying someone to listen and it's a safe and responsible environment you know I've been in multiple situations often somewhere like clubhouse where people are using an open forum like that to dump all their mental health behaviors and issues on a whole bunch of strangers which is really not the way to approach it right just it's not always better out than in i guess you have to have some conscious awareness of how other people are feeling and where they are in their journey too
1: absolutely i think before you share anything if like if it's heavy just see if someone has the capacity for it because if there are two like mega depressed people in a room one's like can i share this with you and you're like I'm not going to be able to take that on board. I'm afraid. Um, so, like, please, can you get help from elsewhere? But then the the lines are blurred. Then between like, okay, everyone like reach out to someone if you feel sad. And then it's like, but does that person have the capacity to deal with it? And it's it's a real it's a real shame. And I think that maybe leads to the stigma a little bit more. Is people not wanting to like genuinely burden their friends who are struggling with this? And this may be just a theory, but the people who are struggling get more people trying to burden stuff on them, the more open they are about it. So the more open you are about your mental health, the more people will come to you as like a lighthouse, which, which can be quite draining.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about brain care then. What does brain care mean to you? Well, actually,
1: thanks to you, um and you're getting out in the morning for like just 10 minutes recently i've started doing like quite long walks in the morning um because as soon as the sun starts getting up a little bit later i get quite sad so getting out and getting in the light in the morning from seeing it on on your instagram story has been really helpful so that has become a, a pillar of late otherwise is it sport and like a physical competitive outlet for me is super super important just to keep me from going like crazy, essentially. I think like a lot of people who do jiu-jitsu, like keep it in that room so that they don't feel that they have to, I don't have to choke out my chair when I stub my toe on it or anything like that. I'm nice and calm. So that, combined with things like meditation, I'm huge on meditating. So I try and spread that message as, as much as possible as well because I didn't believe in it before I started doing it. And now, like the other day, I did a six and a half hour meditation in a day. I've just noticed my sort of ability to be the observer of what goes on is, is some sometimes quite alien, but it, it's definitely progress.
0: <laughs> that is phenomenal. I have been meditating for five plus years every single day for at least 10 minutes, bar maybe a couple of days here or there, you know, where I've just like not or forgotten and still struggle. That's kind of the issue with it slash opportunity. Always, feel, always feels like day one.
1: Yeah, it's never meant to be easy, I don't think. I think that's like one of the things I've realised recently. There's a, I think it was like an ancient Greek tale of like Cis, Sisyphus, I want to say his name, because so I'm probably butchering his name, but, you know, talking about mythology makes you sound sounds pretty smart, right? Oh, yeah, it does. Um, so him, him carrying that rock and he was doomed by the gods to basically roll a massive boulder up the hill every day and then the boulder rolls down and then he has to take it back up again and he's doomed to that for the rest of his life. And that is kind of a way you can see meditation is it is just training. You're pushing that massive rock up the hill to begin with. But as time goes on, maybe five years down the line, maybe 10 years down the line, that boulder is the same weight to you now. as like a smaller rock. And maybe you get to a stage where the rock is so small it fits in your pocket and you just walk up the hill. You're always gonna have the walk up the hill. So it's always gonna be difficult in some sense.
0: So we talked about like what brain care means to you. Obviously you do therapy. Movement, so exercise and walking, clearly mindfulness and meditation. What about journaling? Is that a thing you do?
1: Journaling. Yeah, so I'm 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 huge on journaling. I had to take gratitude out of my journaling for a trial period, uh, which didn't didn't end too well because I was doing it habitually. I wasn't actually grateful for any of the stuff that was there. I was in such a low mood that I was looking at like, Oh, the sky's blue. I guess that's better than it being grey. But I'm not that bothered about it. If it was grey, I'd feel the same. So like I was in a real dark place. So I dropped it, like with my therapist's permission. Not that she was holding my hand at the time, but like I stopped. Writing what I was grateful for and my mental health declined, I've started implementing in and it's getting better. So journaling is huge for me, but I do mostly brain dumps because it helps me with when I'm writing stuff for like fiction. So I can get the emotions out and try and be as descriptive as possible in my journal, which is probably not what that many people do try and write it as if they're writing fiction.
0: No, but I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And it's good to know, you know, that you've had the experience of testing before and after. Like, do you do it? Do you not? Do you drop it? Personally, you know, gratitude journaling is a massive staple of my can't miss out, don't. You know, I feel I, I notice more than meditation for me. I notice if I haven't done it. But it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned I wasn't doing it with, with uh, energy or purpose. wasn't necessarily happy for the blue clouds. I completely get that. Um, and I think that's a really healthy observation to make, you know, when when deciding whether you should or shouldn't carry on with something. The flip side, the really interesting thing about the science behind gratitude is that those are the moments when it makes the most difference.
1: Yeah, it's the least like the forcing it and kind of faking it until you make it. Is there?
0: Yeah, but also forcing yourself to realize that you are grateful that you can see the sky today or whatever the thing is. Yeah. You've been on a bit of a journey with yours, so tell us your top tips for brain care or managing your mental health, if you had to pick three.
1: Start a sport or skill-based hobby, I think is one of the best things. Something skill-based to work towards so that you get constant sort of positive or negative feedback so you can make changes and adjustments, because I think developing a skill and actually using your brain, like brain care, neuroplasticity, you have to mould it and kind of use it so you don't lose it. So something like jiu-jitsu for me is brilliant, or like I've learned to juggle recently, or I've tried skateboarding as an adult, like loads of different things. I'm just trying to do them all, so I've got as many skills that I can develop, so I feel a bit better about myself, um, would be one thing. Um, Reading is huge, and and I was bound to say that, but like the amount of cortisol reduction you can get from 30 30 minutes of reading a novel is really similar to a slow flow yoga so like the science is there to back up that it can really drop your stress you can learn something along the way or you can read a novel and emotionally go on a journey with the character and take on board the lessons so that you don't have to do that later in life so as well as just providing an escape from your day-to-day life which is nice sometimes reading is helpful in terms of education emotionally and with just like good to know statistics about what can make you happy or how the world works and then the third thing i would say is that most recent getting outside and going for walks i think we are so engrossed in technology whether it's our laptop we're working on or phone we forget that there is a massive world out there that you can just walk in like i live in clapham clapham common's not amazing but it's better to get out there and and explore that than for me to just sit in my office all day and go mad and forget that there's this beautiful simulation outside that we get to explore.
0: Love it. And so poetically said. So only sensible way to finish this episode is to ask where people can follow you and of course your own brilliant podcast.
1: So everything is done through Instagram pretty much, which is a need to read With the number two and not the word uh through there there'll be links to the need to read podcast on spotify uh apple and that's pretty much it there's more to come for me in terms of writing uh which will be on a website that will come in the next few months and hopefully i can be a bit of a social commentator with a bit of wisdom or attempting to
0: i back here i think you'll make it (laughs) thank you so much for your time ed thanks mate take care Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And follow us at Your Heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. If you want to know more about how healthy your brain is, you can head to yourheights.com/brainhealth to get your free score from one to hundred. See you next week.